I'm Richard Fieldhouse. And I'm Sarah Chambers. We've been, uh, over the last week, we've been working on a small project in NASGP to create a new uh, template, a, a customizable template for GPs to use really at the end of surgery when they've seen a new patient or a patient and that patient requires some sort of follow-up later in the week. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's the big crux of being a locum, isn't it? You know, how do you ensure a, a safe handover and safe follow-up of Continuity. a patient? Yeah, continuity of care, not yeah. not uh, continuity of care in the sense of continuity of a of a management plan that you might have started with a patient, rather than continuity, you know, in the traditional sense of you. Because the big thing about obviously being a locum is that often you aren't seeing the patient again. So it's sort of how do you cover your bases and um, um, the template that we've designed it really came out of the fact that I mean has anybody else noticed this I'm sure everybody in the world has noticed this the demand for appointments is 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 sky high seems to be going up all of the time um, the supply of appointments and GPs is not going up in uh, uh, at the same rate and so you know you're in a consultation with a patient and you've uh, you, you know there's something concerning about them that you're concerned and you really think that they need uh, a definite follow-up they need to leave that practice uh, with a plan a date a time of when they're going to come back it might be the next day uh, if you're very worried that they might deteriorate or it might be that you need some important uh, investigation and they need they need to come back in one to two weeks and you really really want to get that across to them and you want them to be able to go to the reception desk and make the appointment and you're you're really laying it on sort of handing over that responsibility to the patient and 10 15 years ago we could we would have done that yeah, yeah. and and you would and, and you would have expected that that to happen oh yeah we can stop you, you can. in this afternoon or tomorrow yeah. not a problem yeah and and i mean i've i've been i've been looking for 15 i've been a gp for 15 years and it's 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 really now you, you you come to that crunch point now where you say you need to we, you need to come back in a week and then the patient comes up with a dreaded question oh can i go and book that now then and that's when you suddenly realize you're in a practice where you have no idea uh what the appointment system is except you can pretty much guarantee they're going to be very tight for appointments it's now 2016 the chance of getting an appointment tomorrow even it's next week dreadful. is dreadful going... and people will say you know i waited three weeks for this appointment or <laughs> they don't let you book appointments ahead you have to queue around the block and it's just it's 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 absolutely not the practice's fault it's the complete you know we, we all know about the the pressures and uh, the workload and funding that pressures that general practice is under but it does mean that follow-up for all GPs but especially locums is very difficult um, and so I was in a practice recently and I just saw they had this very very simple idea and you know really all for simple ideas that can just help cut through and simple portable things that we can suggest um, to other locums and so that's what this template came from and basically um, if you're in this practice uh, and, and you are the doctor and you really think it's part of your management plan that this patient is definitely seen again it's not a sort of CSOS or come back if it's really no you you know it's really part of the management plan that you're seen next week or later on today or you know at a certain time interval it's part of the plan it's really important that you give this this patient a slip of paper and the surgery I was at they call it the white slip system and they take it to the reception and the reception see 
seeing the patient clutching this bit of paper immediately knows um, that this isn't a patient who's trying to blag the system and get themselves an appointment because you know that's what receptionists are facing all the time this patient has really been recommended by the doctor as a clinical necessity that they are seen and so it's a big signal big flag to the receptionists and I just thought you know could this be something that we and it's quite a, it's, it's quite a simple template that you can um download from now, now from from the NESGP website and customize it yourself print a load out you can pre pre-populate it with your name etc so sarah what how, how does the form work what does it what, what goes on oh, yeah but i mean basically um it just lists some of the practice team members whom you might wish um, the patient to be followed up by including uh, a named GP if you have a uh, one of those important groups of groups of patient groups who need a named GP you know they might have a, a diagnosis where they're heading into end-of-life care they might be uh, you know frail elderly with with multiple chronic problems and you know these are sort of people that really could do with a coordinating named GP and they perhaps haven't been able to get that and you really want to flag up actually you know you need to be seen by somebody uh, who can who can really shepherd you through this um, so you can everybody from a named GP um, down to the different practice nurses you can you can indicate who you think they should be seeing and the time frame in which they should be seen and everything from you know actually this patient should have direct access if if, if you're worried about it that you know a young child with a fever you haven't quite nailed it do they need to be reviewed in four hours uh, to to somebody who might need a routine appointment you know in four weeks to to follow up investigative result you know a patient who you might be suspecting you know, uh, uh, you know early early symptoms and you might be suspecting um, that there could be a cancer process going on here and it's really important they come back and you want them to have that appointment um, so you can indicate who they should be seeing and in what time frame and importantly uh, it's got a kind note at the bottom dear receptionist if you really cannot arrange this follow-up please tell the GP who requested this before the patient leaves because the whole idea here is that you're trying to build a, a solid management plan with the patient so that um, uh, you know the patient leaves the building that day knowing what's going to happen next. And we've got a, a record of that and the receptionist sees this This is a paper it's clearly been generated by, by the by the GP, by you as the GP, uh, there, there, there is a plan in place. Yeah, only because they've got a tough job having their receptionist, everybody wants appointments and this is just, it's something a bit unusual, it's very simple, it's very clear, they can read it in a couple of seconds and it's just a couple of tick boxes saying I, you know, a doctor recommended this and it might just make them think or at least phone you if the management plan that you're resting your case on uh, actually isn't possible or you have to make alternative arrangements or you have to um, hand over to one of the other GPs yeah. to, to make it happen. And in a couple of weeks ago in, in uh, one of our Friday email newsletters to members we asked about um, um, if members have got any ideas about handing over not not just this, this, this uh, making an appointment uh, template but actually how they hand over to other GPs the care of someone um, and, and we've got uh, a couple of replies uh, came in quite nicely there's one GP uh, from the Midlands who um, re says he re regularly hands over does this, uh, prefers to do it verbally um, uh, or will do it through a, a, a handover note in using system one or, or, or EMIS because um, then there's actually a proper sort of paper trail as it were an audit trail there um, so that's that's sort of way of handing over clinically. Uh, uh, do you ever, sorry, if you're handing over a patient to another GP, you obviously can write a, a record in the notes. 
do you, do you ever sort of write on a piece of paper as well? Or? Mm. I mean, it, it, I mean, this is when you have to know how the practice works. Obviously, lots of practices obviously have pretty good clinical electronic clinical IT systems, and uh, if, if if possible, it's always good to obviously attach um, a, a practice note in EMIS, they're called, or a task in System One. Uh, for instance, where it actually then follows the patient record so they can see uh, that that's always attached there. But I think, you know, in an ideal scenario, you would be able to do this verbally, as our, uh, as as the member from the Midlands says, you know, doing a verbal handover allows you to actually interact with, the, with another doctor concerned who can ask questions. You get a bit more fuller sort of supplementary information. Um, but but it's I think it's probably good to have something in writing and you know some practices will will have um, bits of paper and pigeonholes or leaving it on someone's desk. I always feel a little bit less secure uh, with that. But you know if that's how they do it in that practice and you can write electronic notes to your heart's content but nobody uses them, you have to go with what the practice is using. But I would probably make sure that I'd recorded that in the consultation note as well. You know I I wrote a handover note as per the practice policy about this and uh, was advised to leave it for doctor whoever um i, I would probably want something on the electronic notes so keep well. it in the electronic note and also using a, a template a white note system like uh, where you can you can download from the nestp website to really make sure that that, that has been communicated because yeah. i know it's it's sort of sort of a bit last year having a piece of paper but uh, for, for, but for the patient, this is it's a good it's a good record. It's a good good sign that something's happening. Yeah, and um, I think there's always the, the other issue is if you then want to follow up yourself further down the line, what happened? You know, both to check that your plan happened, and you might want to intervene or contact the patient's own GP if if something that you'd planned hasn't come about. Um, there's been a hold up, but also for your own uh, personal CPD and learning. Um, because yeah. we've had an inquiry about this recently, yeah, we? yeah, we have. Um, there was, I think, it was based on one of our um, MPS pieces, um, which was talking about the situation where you've left the practice, you've completely left the building, you're you're not going to be returning there, and you then want to recontact the practice to find out the outcome, you know, of of, your, of a patient's treatment or a referral or just how how someone's getting on for your own for your own learning and. Um, the inquiry was around whether you'd need sort of explicit consent uh, from from patients to do that. Um, I yeah, um, it's certainly not my practice. And having gone back to the GMC and the MPS about this, if you're you know it, it's a GMC duty that we review our work, and part of that is as following GPs. Up as GPs, yeah. We and um, part of that is being able to go back and access the records and in that circumstance you can be pretty confident that that there's implied consent there what you obviously do have to be careful about when you're wandering around whatever system you're using to record you know patients of concern that you want to follow up obviously it has to be a secure system and that was largely what what our article was about there's lots of stuff about that on the nhgp website how to safely follow up patients um the yeah, you know, obviously you don't want to be walking around with patient identifiable data that could go amiss. Yeah. Big breach of confidentiality. And again, this is another thing that's part and parcel of being a locum, isn't it? You can't just turn up at a practice and 
get the practice records on uh, which are going to be secure you have to have some way of, of of learning being a reflective doctor whilst keeping patient information secure and the recommendation the gold standard recommendation from the uh, MPS is that you use the practice identifier number for that um, because that's completely doesn't identify the patient to anybody outside of the practice you have to have be be in the practice record to get that but failing that um, the, the, the second secondary recommendation would be to use a date of birth um, yeah so 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 typically for me I've been I've, I've done a surgery and then I've I, I I usually it's a few days later I suddenly think to myself oh yes I've, I've been seeing that patient with such and such gosh I really would like to know um, either for my own benefit for my ongoing learning to um, or I might have thought of something extra that would benefit the patient mm. I'd like to somehow communicate mm. to them or to or to the practice so first thing is it's perfectly okay for me to do that to 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 to, to, to phone up the practice it might be might be 30 miles away um, and, and to, to, to make contact with the practice to say hey I saw this patient such and such and such um, um, and I would like, like can, can, you, can you just let me know what the outcome was of that that, 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 it, that it, per se is fine it is it is okay but it's also very understandable that if it's a practice that's unfamiliar to you or you're talking to an unfamiliar member of the practice staff it is also perfectly right that they are going to want to know who they're, they're talking check, to yeah. that they're not breaching confidentiality in talking to you so you do kind of need some sort of system for that ideally that's a system you would uh, have stated in your terms and conditions you know you'd have some clause that you know as a reflective doctor as part for part of my appraisal and cpd i will need to um access to to patient records and we've got actually got that in the nesgp right. terms conditions yeah. so for using that sort of um way. so that's your first protection the second one is that you might have overtly um you know discussed that with the practice manager you know or, or have a named contact that you can contact uh if it's a patient of concern that you've spotted before you leave the surgery you might have even flagged that up but in the circumstance uh, and and sometimes our surgery debrief tool is a really good one for that um to to sort of That's sit another down template we've got on the uh, website yeah to sort of sit down just have five minutes recollect of the surgery and just just scan through if there is anybody you do want to follow up uh, before you leave the surgery so you don't get that sort of awful situation I've had so many times where you come away and you wake up four o'clock in the morning a couple of days later thinking I can't remember their name but there was a patient yeah. at such and such surgery and I really need to do this and on our debrief tool you can write down that ID but so, but so if I hadn't written down that ID as long as I could phone up the practice I can I can make it uh, I can work out with the practice that I am who I say I am um, maybe I might even need to speak to a GP. So I've got through to reception. We've we've got a, a secure. They they, they, they there's, I've been identified. I'm, yes. not, I'm not some bogus reporter or or great uncle or whatever. Um. And, but but so once I've done that. So to be clear, we and we've got this in our FAQ on the website as well. The yes. GMC are perfectly content that uh, that I'm I'm a, I'm a genuine GP. I can I can 
do this no practice can't say oh no so what now you've left the practice we're not going to tell you anymore no they couldn't and they shouldn't i mean it, it, the, the gmc that would become under what the gmc calls implied consent right so because you are contacting but it might be as part of the onger the patient's ongoing health care if you're raising you know an extra thing that you think the patient might need or uh for the process of your personal improvement and development and learning which is a gmc duty upon you as a doctor to do um, that is covered by implied consent if you really want to uh, boost your, your security you could go about if you've spotted a patient of concern you could go about getting their verbal consent during the surgery and and record that in the consultation as an extra flourish but really um, if you're talking about improving their health care okay. and improving your learning it's implied consent fantastic and that's in the FAQ on the NHGP website and there's a link from our FAQ on this because it's in the CPD section of the of the website the FAQ and there's a link through to the particular page on the What's GMC it website. Is it, can I access p- medical records after patient records after leaving the? Surgery? Yes, I think yeah, it's, like it's quite a long and yeah. title, but it's quite obvious. It's quite high up on the FAQ list, and also it's cross referenced again throughout the NESGP website in several of the MPS articles as well to that FAQ. And, and hopefully that's that's really useful. And ho- hopefully this has been a, of interest. You know, there's a this is we're also busy there's lots of pressure where we we, we we do long busy surgeries and this is stuff we're not necessarily think about at the time of being at the surgery but in hindsight um so and it's all this this is this is the gmc and mps all actually working working with us aren't they to and, and you know towards patient care so we can actually follow these things up at the end of the day it's about the patient and it's about you know us sharing our concern and and, and working towards um better care Yeah, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, okay. Thanks very much. Thank you.